After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well, 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 welcome into the Juice and Mo podcast, recording this late on a Friday night. The Kings, on the first night of a back-to-back, handle business on the home floor. Got a little crazy at the end, but the Sacramento Kings are now 12 games above 500. They've won five in a row. De'Aaron Fox has eight straight 30-point games, and the Kings are absolutely rolling. With Memphis's loss tonight against the Denver Nuggets, the Kings are just one game behind the Grizzlies for the number two seed in the NBA's Western Conference. I'm Deuce Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. Is this real life? Is this real freaking life? Wow. It just feels so good. It feels amazing. Like... Yeah, I am. I'm so happy. I, you know what? I could do a, can I be honest? But I'm just going to be honest. Yes, please. I, in some ways, I hated myself on the post game show because I was so excited that I was almost speechless. Like it was, it was a fan. I was like a fan after a game that was but supposed to be professionally talking about the game, (laughs) but was just so excited about everything that was going on. Five straight, De'Aaron Fox with eight 30-plus point games straight. I mean, all of it. I am just vibing on a different level. Is everyone, are you, do you feel me? And I asked that. I said, is everyone feeling the same way that I'm feeling at home? Because it's on a different level. I mean, it got kind of scary at the end, which I think for me... Didn't do shit to me. I was still very happy. I mean, very happy. Definitely be happy because tonight was very significant. We mentioned the Kings now being one game behind Memphis for the number two seed. But think about a week ago tonight. The Mm. Kings were in LA with a big matchup against the Clippers. If the Clippers would have won that game, they would have been a half game out of the third spot in the West. Here we are. 
a week later, the Kings, after beating the Clippers twice, the Clippers have lost five straight, the Kings have won five straight, and all of a sudden, the Kings have a six-game lead on the Clippers in the West. There's 20 games left? <sighs> it's crazy. It's crazy how fast this has changed, and... Look, the Clippers made all these moves to try to put themselves in a position to really make a push here, and now they're back at 500. We should also know, a little shorthanded tonight, Kawhi Leonard did not play on the second night of a back-to-back. Zubat's out. Uh, Norman Powell's out for at least a week. So they were also shorthanded there. I mentioned Zubat's right. Yes, I did. And so that was significant for this team. Marcus Morris also missed the game. Yeah, I mean, you look at the the guys that were out of this squad and you, I know it's like some people go, you really want this Kings team to win. They're supposed to win this game. The Lakers, or the Lakers, the Clippers are still a well-coached team. They still got Paul George. And I mean, you can say it tonight. They have Russell Westbrook. They have pieces that still allow them to be a team that you can worry about. But I think we're getting on this level since the All-Star break about the Kings that, oh, no, their identity is a good team in this league, and these are the games you're supposed to win when when teams are lacking their All-Stars or their star players. Yeah, and, you know, I think I would have been disappointed tonight had they lost, but I would have been really disappointed had they lost in the way that it was tracking, especially after Paul George hit the three to put them ahead. And you're like, man, you, you know, the Kings were up 13 here yeah. in the fourth. You're supposed to close this game out. But you got to give credit to the fact that the Kings, 26 of 26 from the free throw line. Mm. Sabonis with two massive free throws late. And then at the end of the game, De'Aaron Fox picking up Paul George, playing amazing defense on him. How many times did he make Paul George turn before he made that shot? Oh, my God. Or, excuse me, launched that shot, and De'Aaron Fox contested the shot well. It was amazing defense by De'Aaron Fox at the end of the game. Shout out to Sabonis for coming up big at the free throw line. The Kings perfect from the line. That's big-time stuff. Yeah, some big-time moments there at the end. And that's that's where I know the lead... Um, they lost the lead at the end, and uh, but also I expect that from the Clippers, Deuce. And that's why like I was feeling and thinking very bad things, but it says a lot about this King squad to keep fighting through, fighting back, making big plays happen, making big free throws happen. It was that that's where I give the credit. Well, the Kings came into tonight four and thirteen with a rest advantage, which was second worst in the league. They got a win and a rest advantage. Yes. So that's big time stuff. Uh, they were also one in three after a long, that first game after a long road trip this year. So they get off the road, come back home and yeah. get this win tonight. Um, what are some things that jumped out to you in this Kings 128-127 victory? Um, I mean, a, a lot of things. I think I'm going to start with one of the things that, I mean, maybe obvious to some, but not to others. Uh, Malik Monk's playmaking ability, just truly on another level. Didn't matter if it was in the pick and roll. Didn't matter if it was in the two-man game with Domas Sabonis. Uh, he, finding guys in the corner, Trey Lyles. Like, he was just finding guys, getting into the paint, creating, creating, creating. And I just, 
I appreciate that so much from him because we rely so much on deer and Fox getting to his spots and making those shots, which he still does a fantastic job of. We rely on Domas Sabonis being able to make things happen. But when you can just like have a guy like Malik Monk, who might not even have the biggest scoring night, no. but is capable of creating out of his mind and just really building this role for himself on this team has been incredible. He had eight assists tonight. He was just one of eight. But, yeah, you find other ways to impact things. And that Sabonis-Monk connection, that chemistry is real. And it seems like it's something they're going to more and more, especially, of course, when Fox is off the floor, Monk's the guy handling it. It's lethal. He He's able to find Sabonis sometimes with not a lot of room to get him the ball. Sabonis able to finish. It's a legit Two-man game. Yeah, and I, I, I know that's like, it's funny that out of all the things that that's yeah. where I started, but because there's so many great things to go with, I just want to make sure to give that love to something, this the small things that I was noticing tonight while watching this game. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely one of the smaller things in the, you know, I mean, it, it matters. In the scheme of things, It matters. Though. We don't have to go in order with everything, yeah. but... Um, he had eight assists. That led the Kings off the bench. He did that in 23 minutes. Sabonis had seven assists. Fox had seven assists as well. Kings with 26 as a team. The offense is just lethal. I mean, I don't it know is. what else to say about it. I mean, it's been pretty impressive. It's the consistency, the amount of points they are putting up every single night. It's like you you have to respect it, man. It's like even tonight, Mike Brown, was, after the game, sounded a little disappointed with how the Kings played. Yeah. And I think he expects this team to be better. I think he wants them to be more locked in, especially as you inch closer to the playoffs. But offensively, since the break, they put up 133 on the Blazers, 176 in that double overtime game against the Clippers, 124 on OKC, 123 on OKC, and 128 tonight. Damn, dude. It's, like you said, it's lethal. Um, you turn on a Kings game, it's not only fun because you're watching some high-powered offense. It's the way that they're executing that high-powered offense. It's uh, it's beautiful. Getting into the paint and another big storyline, the free throws. 26 for 26, I believe. Just perfect at the free throw line with some big ones at the end. Yeah, and that 26 for 26, that's the best they've ever done in a game in Sacramento history is to go 26 for 26 in a game. It's big time stuff for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, it was good to see Kevin Herter get it going tonight. Yes. You know, for someone who has been kind of in a funk, he gave the Kings 18 points on six of nine shooting three of four from three. And he picked, he was in like foul trouble tonight, right? He picked up three quick ones early in this game. He had picked up his third foul at the 847 mark. The officiating tonight was weird. I felt like the Clippers were really physical with Sacramento and the Kings were getting called for a lot of stuff. And I mean, credit to the Kings for just kind of fighting through it. I know Fox was really upset at one point and I felt like that's what got him going a little bit more in this game. He yeah. picks up a technical foul. He got he felt like he got fouled on the jumper where Westbrook kind of bumped into him. Should have been an and one. He got teed up, which was his 11th technical this season. Mm -hmm. But after that, he was like, I'm in attack mode. He had a nice drive down the middle on Westbrook, shook him, dropped it off behind him to Sabonis for the score. He had another bucket after that. Fox was tremendous. I mean, it, he's doing this every single night. Coming off missing the last game with the wrist, 
He comes back, gives the Kings 33 points on 12 of 22. He was 8 of 8 from the line. He had 7 rebounds, 7 assists. What do you like about De'Aaron's game tonight? You know, in the post-game show, I said to Kenny, I'm like, we could be repetitive and say the same things about De'Aaron Fox almost every single night, right? With the way that he is just getting to his spots, his ability to get into the paint, get where he wants, and teams know that he is going to those spots and that he wants to get to those spots and he's still capable of getting there. Eight straight games with yep. 30 or more. He's getting to his spots. I just liked him in attack mode, especially when he got that technical. I felt like he was like, I got to go get mine now. I'm going to go attack. I'm going to get my guys involved. And he was fantastic again. And he was John at Westbrook a lot tonight. Those two had a nice little battle. Ooh. I think those guys like playing against each other. They bring out the best in each other, which is cool to see. And I like that. It's supposed to be competitive. And I know a lot of people don't like Westbrook, who I thought actually had a really good game tonight against Sacramento. That's another story. <sighs> but I, I like that competitive fire. That's what I want to see between two teams that are fighting for playoff position. I, I'll say this, too, about how they defended Westbrook. They they play Westbrook so tight. Yeah. It, it just is mind-boggling. They played off of him more in the second half. But I, I just felt like this season, anytime they defend Westbrook, they're closing out hard on threes. They're playing him too tight. He beats guys off the dribble. He's I mean, he's still able to get to the rim at times. We just saw what the Warriors did and last night. And it worked. I mean, I don't like that we reach halftime and see that Westbrook only had, excuse me, Westbrook did not have a three-point attempt. I want him shooting threes. Yep. He was one of two in this game. Both of those attempts came in the second half. And he, the one he made, he's open. Yeah, prove it. Knock it down. I want to employ different things when it comes to defending him. Like, it doesn't have to be exactly what Golden State did last night, but I want to see them do a little bit like that just to mess with him. Well, I'm just curious why if you... I know you don't want to just, like, throw on a whole new strategy and be like, oh, okay, hey, let's try to execute this brand new strategy, right? But at the same time, you saw it executed against this player the night before why not take little bits and pieces of it? I know they try to throw a little matchup zone against the Clippers, um, and there was times that it was working and everything, but with Russ just as an individual, his elite skill set would be his speed, right? Like his ability to go by somebody. Even when he's beyond the arc, it's not enough of a, hey, I'm going to go downhill on you if you're sagging off of him. The sagging off of him needed to happen so much more. Too many guys playing up on him like he was going to shoot lights out tonight. But he has shot nice against the Kings this hey, season. He had so. 27 points. He had 10 assists, 5 turnovers. He did on 12 of 16 shooting. Um, so that was, hey, for overall for him, for how he's been playing, not a bad game yeah. at all. I mean, he gave his, his team a chance to win tonight. Yeah. You know, and they're shorthanded. They're 0-5 with him, which is crazy. And then it was great that, you know, he did not catch that pass at the end, and it was the biggest turnover for the Clippers. Dude, the end of the game was wild. And I think the best part about tonight would be 
that you can learn these lessons of late game execution in a win, right? Like if you lose that game, you're kicking yourself a bit, right? Obviously these games matter, but you had that game. To me, it was over. You're up 13, close the door, it's done, let's move on. It got close because the Clippers were trying to junk it up. They were throwing doubles at Fox, mm-hmm. and no one was helping. There was no movement. It, it got stagnant. And then they would bring the low man over to try to come help on Sabonis, and the Kings were flummoxed. Yeah. I mean, it was as if they'd never seen a double team in their life. Which was shocking because early on in this game, they threw a blitz at Deer and up that in that corner blitz, with, yeah. with uh, Mason Plumley and Russ, I believe. Yeah. And then... De'Aaron found the open man down low, cutting to the basket. Kevin Herter, wide open. Like, even that, the quick decisions and uh, being assertive, it just started going away in those moments. And, hey, those moments, if you especially want to see some success in the postseason, like, those things are going to be thrown at you. How are you going to execute them? And hopefully they can learn from those mistakes. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying is, like, hey, teams are going to see that that worked tonight. Yeah. Now, if you're the Kings, can you clean that shit up? Yeah. You know, because you can't have those sequences where you almost threw the game away tonight. I mean, they took the lead. Paul George hits a three. Dude. And you're, you're, you, if you lose tonight, you're going, how did that just go down? Right. I mean, I'm looking at the end of the game. The Kings were up 120, 111 with four minutes to go. Yep. And they just kind of chipped away. You got to, 238 to go. Fox made two free throws. You're up six, 128-118. Batum three. Keegan misses a three. Missed three. Herter misses a jumper. Westbrook goes to the line. Makes one of two. Sabonis, turnover. Paul George, three. The lead goes back. Then you got Sabonis. Layup, 126-125. So, then George answers, it, it, there's just too many mistakes down the stretch by Sacramento. But also, when I, not even for a second did I ever doubt Paul George. Even if you were throwing your best defenders at him. I, I mean, even if you were throwing a double at him, even when he got a look at the basket at the end, you know, he got a good look. Missed the three it was. And I think Doma started running up because he saw that De'Aaron or I think it was De'Aaron that was losing him a little bit. And so he started running up to like at least disrupt him and not give him the best look from three. Yeah, it was nice help. I thought Fox did a great job contesting it. Absolutely. But my point is, it's like Paul George is that good. He's going to get his and he's going to have these moments. It's just unfortunate when he does that against your team. Yeah, Paul George, by the way, 28 points, 8 assists, 7 rebounds, 8 of 16, shooting 8 of 10 from the free, excuse me, 10 of 10 from the free throw line in this game. So a nice game for uh, Paul George, but just not enough. The Kings shot the ball well from the perimeter, uh, excuse me, shot the ball well from the field, 53%, free throws, 26 for 26. The other number that jumped out to me tonight, Kings had 17 second chance points. That... Well done. The effort, just battling for the boards, amazing. I love that. That's the type of stuff tonight that 
from the Kings that I saw that just made me happy about their, their, the style of play, the way that they've been playing since the all-star break. It's been like very inspired. It's been like, Hey, these extra little moments matter. Mike Brown has coached us on a different level to bring this out of us. And they are showing it on a different level right now. So bonus tonight, Morgan, 23 points, 10 rebounds, seven dimes. Another night where you're like, does he really miss more than like four shots in a game ever? He was 10 of 13. Seriously? I think Will Z had a stat on Twitter. I don't know the exact stat, but it was about uh, field goal percentage in the paint percentage efficiency by the Kings. And it was one of those, it was just like a higher number. Like they, they didn't have, they didn't, they weren't winning the points in the paint battle, but it was, they were efficient with their shots that they were making. And I'm just loving what the Kings are doing when they are getting the paint. You know how many years we've had where we're like, it just feels like they can't make a layup. Just feels like they can't make a floater, a jumper, whatever it is. And now you're seeing them score from inside and out. A couple of other things that jumped out to me tonight. I thought Keegan Murray played some nice defense at times at stretches of this game, specifically in that first half defending Paul George. Keegan just showed me so much growth out there. I don't think he finished the game well tonight. I thought he made some mistakes down the stretch, but he was able to knock down some threes. He ends up finishing with 14 points, 5 of 10, shooting 4 of 9 from 3. He also had 5 rebounds in this game. Um, he just did some nice things. There was one sequence where... Um, he got a couple of second chance opportunities, gets it to Sabonis, comes down, sets a screen on Plumley, forces a switch that allows Sabonis to get the mismatch and lay it right up and in. And it's a, such a small thing, yes. but in a close ball game, I think it gave the Kings a 93-92 lead at that point. It was just such a brilliant play. All right, get the ball to Sabonis, come right down and set that screen, That's forcing it, the switch. It was it was really nice. I was trying to explain. He, so he came up to the set post-game, and I was trying to explain that play to him. Like I'm like, it's just the little things. You keep doing the little things. And I was like trying to explain it, and then I was like, I don't even know if I said it right, but he knew exactly what play I was talking about. And then he started talking about how like doing, he enjoys doing the little things and how important they are. And that's exact. like you've seen game by game his growth in doing those little things, even if he slows down his shooting. But in the beginning of the game, Deuce, you and I were texting about that shot going in. Mm, it looked confident. It looked smooth. Just looking better and better. Hell yeah, dude. But I think Mike Brown will look at some of the stuff late again and be like, okay, these are things we got to clean up. Got to help your guy Fox when he's getting some double teams late in the game. I, was, I just felt like too offensively, and I don't know if that was Brown trying to tell him to slow it down. I understand using the clock. But, dude, this is the NBA, and leads go away so fast. Hell, uh, we witnessed it tonight. The Celtics were in action taking on the Nets, and they yeah. were up by, like, 28 points. Like, huge. Nets come back and win by double digits. This stuff can change fast. I think even in late-game situations, you just have to play your game and try to get a good shot. Like, don't settle. I felt like the Kings were in milk-the-clock mode with two and a half to play, and it's like, no, the, the Clippers are junking up with their defense In two now. minutes, in two and a half minutes, yeah. it's a lot of yep. time. Like, if you don't continue to play your game, that's the, that's the issue that so many teams have at times. They're like, hey, let's milk. Let's milk. No, no, no. Keep 
playing your game because this team is going to keep pushing you and keep playing at a different pace. Lauren, can we stop for a second and yeah. give some love to the people in the chat? The people have been patient as you two messed Shit, up our yeah. audio for a couple of yeah. sequences. Let's give you a hell yeah. Give me a hell yeah. Appreciate you guys so much for being here. Close to 700 plus people watching us live. Make sure Thank to hit you. the thumbs up button. It just helps our channel grow. Remember, we're live after every single Kings game. We'll be live again tomorrow night when the Kings take on the T-Wolves. Shout out to Eric Ramirez, who also donated $100. Oh, my God. Damn. Thank you. Lee Adams donates five Stat of the Day nominee. Fox is the first guard since Michael Jordan in 1998 to score 30-plus for seven straight games while sh uh, well, plus uh, shooting a 50-plus percent from the field. That's pretty impressive. That is Even really Even though impressive. I stumbled over that. That's okay. Lots Elk Grove Brewfest donated five bucks. How many hours per day are you guys working? It's we don't want to talk about it's it. It's unhealthy and it's yeah, not gonna it's not gonna be forever like this. Just just know that. Jonathan donated five bucks saying, just want to show y'all some love for all the hard work you do. Haven't been this excited about the Aww. Kings since I was nine. What a time to be a Kings fan. Well, Jonathan is ten years old. So Aww. congratulations. Um you know, I've noticed a lot of people, especially around the city, are capitalizing on the beam, whether it's like an Instagram account, a t-shirt, um, uh, Matt Barnes in a pre-roll, um, or a beer. Let's just say I've lit that beam a couple of times. Light the beam, baby. Friend. Let's go. A beer. And we are showing the light the beam beers that local breweries are doing. And so coming off of it, I said, I said, Kenny, I was like, everyone's capitalizing. What would you make with the beam? Totally went over his head, didn't know what to say or what to do. So, Deuce, I have mine of what I would do to try and make money with something to to uh, to make with, like, a beam. Yeah. What would you do? I don't know. I would do I would give a design to your sister and have her design a T-shirt like she's working on right now. Mm -hmm. I would do an ice cream, and it would be purple, and it would called, be called beam cream. I don't like, I don't like cream. <laughs> I don't like the cream uh, word. Huh? Our girl Ashmere. It was, it the was, beam cream? Yeah, I was like, oh, the beam ice cream. She's like, beam cream. And I'm like, love it. Yeah. Do it. Beam cream, baby. Let's go. It's purple and it will brighten you up. <laughs> What's the flavor? What's it taste like? Um, Like vanilla bean. Because it's purple, and so you don't want to, like, screw it up with a whole bunch of other shit. I think most people in the chat don't like the name. Wait, Be really? Yeah, yeah. Beam cream just doesn't sound right. Just doesn't sound right like to me. Oh, someone said beam. Scoop the beam. Scoop the beam. Scoop the beam. No. Really? No. I'm so sure. I thought you would, like, love this. I don't know. It's not clicking with me, Morgan. Well, let's keep going to the drawing board. What? Why, why are you shocked right <laughs> and now? And then you have like one of the long purple spoons just in the middle. And so it's like, ding. Just let the beam be the beam, man. But it's, we just mentioned 700 things people are making money off of. So why can't we make the beam cream? I don't like it. I don't like the name. Next. I'm out. Shark Tank? Yeah, this is Shark Tank. I'm out.
You know, I love your passion, but um, I don't think it's going to sell. And I think it's a disgusting name. I'm out. But I could sell this on QVC. Come with me. <laughs> uh, let's get to some people in the uh, chat, including A.A.Ron. Fox has been so good lately. I think the others lately have just been clearing out and letting him work. Mm. Uh, Danny says, yeah, that was the equivalent to prevent defense on football. Kings need to keep their foot on the pedal instead of milking the clock completely Oh, I'm with you on that big time. And it's it's not it's not like the Kings. It's not only their strategy. I I feel so weird when so many teams do it. It's different day and age in the NBA. You just can't. Adam says even through uh, January, Keegan was just three and D. Now he's driving. He's assisting better. He's running up for massive putback dunks. Yeah, it's been really really impressive to see the growth from him. I mean, it's just. He's more confident, I think, than he's ever been. I think he's realizing, like, hey, I can do more out here, and I'm allowed yeah. to do more. You know, I don't need to just be a catch-and-shoot guy. I can go out there and make something happen. Take pressure off Fox and Sabonis. I retweeted this from Willsey's stats earlier tonight, and he said uh, about Keegan setting massive screens after offensive rebounds. Coming into tonight, he was averaging .4 screen assists per game so it's just nice to see him even starting to make that more of a thing like every single little thing about his game it's like he's being told and he is adjusting he is growing game by game i just think it's so fun to watch a guy <laughs> develop this quick in one season uh, we should also note Russell Westbrook makes NBA history tonight. Morgan Reagan. What'd he do? I'm just going to show you. Again, these are just, you know, people put this stuff out, and I think it's important we show this. Um, Westbrook has set an NBA record for beams lit against with five. <laughs> has it really been five? Because Lakers yeah, and the Lakers. Clippers. I saw it, yeah. Mark on Twitter tweeted that to Mark. our guy KC. Oh my God. Westbrook has set an NBA record for beams lit against five. Such <laughs> assholes. So messed Such up. Assholes. So messed <laughs> but it, it's so fun being It petty. made me laugh. It's so fun. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We actually have an update from people uh, in the chat. Actually, Eric Gordon has it, he has six. Oh, Houston. Wow. You guys are right. Houston four times and Clippers twice. Wow. It's over. Eric Gordon has it. Breaking news. You know found what? out right here. I think we need to keep track of this. Of how many times the beam is lit on different players? Yes. Eric Gordon has seen the beam lit six times. Hey, you're selling me. This is almost as good as beam cream. Hey, I felt, speaking of Eric Gordon. Yeah? Oh, oh. He must be so happy to be out of Houston. I'm happy for him. Although he, you know, he's losing games like he's in Houston again, but. <laughs> That's mean, but it's true. Yeah, I, I felt bad for TD tonight. I felt like he just had a rough outing trying to defend Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon blew by him like twice just out of position. I think it's just what we talk about with Terrence. It just. The consistency defensively, because when he's locked in, it's he's a really Squared talented up. player. Yep. Yeah, but he was giving up middle so many times, and Gordon was like, okay. There's one where you talk about Gordon's strength. He got by Davis. Sabonis comes up to help, and Gordon draws contact, and 
He moves to bonus. Oh, dude. yeah. I mean, Gordon's a little bulldog. Yeah. You know, like he's he's strength. He's muscle. Um, and his ability to finish at the rim is impressive. I think it just looked far too freaking easy uh, against Terrence Davis, like two different times down the court where he was just like, oh, I can get mine on this. And uh, it's frustrating to see right away. But yeah, you just hope that TD figures that out and Again, short leash. So when you do get those moments and you screw them up, who knows if Mike Brown's even going to go to you again. Other guys who jumped out, got to give HB some love too. Just an efficient 20 points for him. Getting to the line. Harrison Barnes should be talked about more for his ability to get to the line. Harrison Barnes gets to the line like he is one of the premier players in the game. Mm -hmm. I think, you know what I think it is? I think it's his... His size plus his strength, and then players that realize they can't stop him, they have to use so many, so much more of their arms, or so much more of um, getting them, getting him with the body. Right? They they are like taken off guard, and then they have to draw a foul. And I, what I love is that he's gets the call, gets to the free throw line, and he's doing a great job at the free throw line. So he's 8 of 8 tonight. Last game, he was 9 of 10. The last Clippers game, 8 of 8. He's had just some games this year like, wow, okay. he's He really has an impact getting to the line. And it's not going to be every night, but, man, there's just times he, he attacks, gets the calls. It's fun to see. Yeah. And how about the jam he had tonight? You uh, Were you impressed by his jam off the bounce? One minute to go. Here's Harrison Barnes. He found the save. Off the bounce, the Black Falcon just hammered one. He threw it with the right hand. Henry, I want to hear the call. <laughs> Thank you. My goodness, that was emphatic. <laughs> also, shout out G-Man, who got more love tonight. They decided because he got honored on the road for his 3,000th game. They got to give him some love in front of the home crowd. Got a standing ovation, 18,000 plus in the building at Golden One Center tonight. I started tearing up again because I just, G-Man was feeling like he stood up and he was just like shocked. Really? Yeah, I mean, you know, you you expect to get some love, but dude, people like turned around and they were just like, everyone stood up for him. Yeah, I mean, the whole arena and obviously everyone always talks about how much they love the G-Man and I was talking to him before the game, you know, just congratulating him. And he said, get this. I just thought this was an interesting part of the story. He was talking about how they're like, immediately you have to get there, whatever. So he goes down the locker room, they're doing everything. And then Mike Brown just kind of puts his hand up and he goes, okay, there is a serious weather warning. No showers. Think about how guys usually shower and no showers. We got to go hotels around the corner. Bus one goes and everything. Then G-Man's talking about at the hotel. The So think about it. He has this huge moment and then this giant weather warning uh, and at the hotel, the alarms. They hear the tornado alarms and then, yes, ugh, scary. And then the hotel. That's good. actually a pretty very good one. Very good. Is that a good tornado? Very, very good, Thank Deuce. So then it. the hotel is on their intercom and they're like, you know, everyone stay away from the windows and stay in place. Do not go outside. 
I'm like, gee, man, do you deal with that a lot? And all I'm thinking is you're dealing with that after like celebrating one yeah. of these coolest moments ever. But well, a good thing they had the team bus because I was talking to Chris Biederman from the Sacramento Bee before the game. And he was on that trip and he was in the locker room and he was told like, hey, like you should go back to your hotel. Like this is getting bad. He goes outside. There's no way to get a Lyft or an Uber. His, his hotel was a half mile away. <laughs> so he, with his backpack, jogged back to his hotel. No. He made it. He's like, I saw lightning and I heard the thunder and it sounded kind of far away. And he was able to jog back to his hotel room in Oklahoma City. Couldn't pay me. I would stay. Oh, I would stay in the arena. I'd be so scared. <laughs> I don't do, I don't. I don't do tornadoes. I appreciate Joel with the love. Uh, very good deuce. Uh, it's, Tin says, props to the siren impression. Oh, Thank you. You guys. Gavano said, you just knew Deuce would linger on the siren. <laughs> you guys. You have to linger a little bit, right? It's so stupid. I think the key is you have to cut no, it. No, and now, like, Deuce finds one thing that he's really good at, and now he's going to do it seven more times. Okay. <laughs> God damn. Um, shout out to Kravatron who donated five bucks. Prevent D prevents you from winning. Hashtag beam cream. We're not doing beam cream is not a thing. It's, it, oh my God. That's great. Just, Get your very own. Well, that's why beam cream. You, no, no, no. It doesn't see, it doesn't sound like you think it sounds. No. And if anyone is being weird about it, deuce and like me. Yeah. And like, like, yeah, being, I'm just going to say being weird about it, then you're a sicko and you need help. That's what I'm going to say. Boo says the siren was on point. Not going to lie. Okay. Uh, RH you? says siren is the beam noise now. Thank you. you. you <laughs> the beam noise. Someone said the siren's better than the bark. Okay. Yes. I kind of agree with that. I can't even do it. I think that was my wow, one, one hit wonder. Time, I'm not bringing it back. Time. It I'm was not. good. It was good. Oh, my God. Make sure to hit the thumbs up button, please. It would uh, help us in a big time way. So if you've not hit the thumbs up, make sure to hit it. Make sure to subscribe as well. we got some new subscribers tonight, including Sean. Appreciate you. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. For hitting that sub as we are chasing 100,000 subs. I know we gave love to pretty much everyone. I would say the one last person I, that we mentioned really quick, but I want to mention one more time, Kevin Herter. It was so nice. First shot, that three-point shot. And then after that, just oh. knocking down. 
some yeah. good looking shots. How about his step back on Paul yeah. George Morgan Reagan? Uh, there you go. Oh my God. I think I might have that highlight from G man because that was a pretty uh, sweet play by him. It was an interesting sequence too, because he hits the step back. Then Keegan forces a turnover, right? Yeah. And then they get it to Herter who gets fouled on the three point shot. Herter pops out, takes the pass, makes a move, right? Steps back oh. going for three more and he oh. nails the triple. Kevin Herter feeling it from downtown. Herter, three for three from distance. He's got 11 points. Kings force a turnover here. Keegan Murray has it, throws it ahead to Sabonis. Sacramento 53-49. Can they build? Here comes Herter. Will he launch again? You bet. Missed it, but I believe he was fouled. Yeah, and he made all three free throws, so that was pretty sweet. Um, The loudest I felt like it got tonight. Cool. That was fun. That was a good. That was a good crowd on a Friday night. You know what? When Fox had that steal of Westbrook and then dished it to oh. Lyles. Lyles was Here big too. Westbrook going downhill, but he sealed off. Denied on the right baseline. Feeds a pass stolen by De'Aaron Fox. Runs it into the front court. Hesitates. Digs to the paint. Kicks to the wing. Trey Lyles for three. He's got the triple. One sixteen. One oh three. Trey Lyles from De'Aaron Fox. After Fox came up with the steal. So maybe that wasn't the play, but it was pretty sweet. And then this is how it sounded. The final call from the G-Man tonight. Here's the second one. He's got it. Kings lead by one. Now the Clippers have seven seconds to try to make something happen. Paul George will bring it up against De'Aaron Fox. He wiggles right. He goes left. He stops. He launches to win it. It's off the iron. No good. Rebound to Davion Mitchell and the Kings exult as they get the victory. Another one-point win over the Clippers to go 5-0 and out of the All-Star break. The Clippers plunging and disappearing in the Western Conference with a fifth consecutive loss out of the break and for only the second time in the last 19 games involving these two teams in this building the kings get the win 128 127 sacramento goes to 12 games over 500 at 37 and 25 the clippers now at an even 500 at 33 and 33 and what made the difference in this one how about 26 for 26 at the free throw line, including two by Sabonis mm. to win it by one. That Thanks, was a happy G-Man. G-man. He was amped up tonight. One of my favorite plays of the night. Yeah. Malik Monk going down the paint, in and out dribble, little dish to Sabonis, jam. And it was just like those, there were so many exciting highlights or plays that were happening tonight that were just being executed on a high level from so i mean you just mentioned it in one of these highlights trey and you're like oh and trey lyles too knocking down some shots being a big guy defensively i just i i love what we saw from so many out yeah, there yeah lyles by the way had 10 points and eight rebounds to 21 minutes off the bench i think you guys probably heard some breathing in the background because nick does what we've told him not to do i don't know 800 times on night chat and he puts himself in the night chat so he is here hi coach nick what's up do Samo? so i do have a reminder to let you guys know uh this sunday coming up this sunday you guys want to come out to the preseason party, you guys can. Um, it's on Sunday, 12 to 3. Um, 
I am employee at the River Cats. So what I do is I get a discount at the King's Team store. So, so if I wanted to buy something, I get I get a discount because I work for the River Cats. That's nice. so cool, you, Nick. Get, you get a discount for that haircut? It looks like you got in, fi- in a fight with the shaver, huh? I went to the I went to Supercuts and I got a haircut today. No, there's nothing super about that cut. I love it, Nick. I think it looks fantastic. Nick, did they cut your hair with their eyes closed? No, they did not. I'm just kidding, Nick. <laughs> hey, can, can you um sorry today? I had my friend James McMillan. He bought me panda today. Oh, I'm glad he I'm, got you panda. Can we talk about I, the, I, Nick? I'm sorry. I, you know, I, I'm not trying to be mean here tonight with you, but. The Kings are 12 games above 500. They've won five in a row, and you have said nothing about it. Like the beam, fire the laser. Can you put the fire laser song on, please? So we can't because Morgan's not doing well. I, I, Nick, for some reason, it's not working. Can, you know what, Nick? That's Actually, a good point. could you do it for me tonight? Yes. I can. Okay, we're going to play the music then. Okay, let's, ready? Let's play the sounder yes. for Nick so he can be cued and ready to go. Arm the laser. Arm the laser. Begin laser ignition. Fire the laser. There you yeah. go, Nick. There you go. You fired it tonight. Good job. How can we not do it well, Morgan? You know, I got a little sinus infection. I think it's all the fog machine that's in this room. Are you gonna be okay? Yeah, thanks for asking. Yeah, and I had a pizza for dinner tonight, so <laughs> why why not win tonight? And you know what? Did Minnesota I heard Minnesota beat the Lakers. They, they did. beat the Lakers. So Minnesota is gonna be here tomorrow, Nick. We got they're gonna be tired. They're gonna be tired. I think the Kings might be a little tired. Who do you think's gonna win? The Kings will beat Minnesota. All right. You don't like the T Wolves, do you, Nick? No, because it's called the Minnesota T Puppies. Yeah. Oh, got them. All right, Nick. Sleep beams. Sleep beams. Morgan, you'll be. I'll be. I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow, Nick. Sleep beams. I I, I asked for a picture today, and I got you a picture. Sleep beams. I'm gonna get another picture from you, Morgan. Sleep beams, Nick. Sleep beams. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Nick. Are you going to be there? Are you going to be there? Nick. Nick just bringing it all the time. Die. Uh, also from the live chat, these kids in Sacktown say, what's up with the live show? Glad you brought this up. So oh, last yes. night chat, we were talking about this and it's great because we have a lot of people here right now. We want your feedback. If you go to our Twitter accounts, you'll see it at least pinned on mine at Deuce Mason. We put out a survey for those, uh, for people to answer. It's just a one-question survey, by the way. Um, one we, question. We are talking about doing a live podcast, a live event at a venue in Sacramento. Um, I think we're definitely going to do it. The question is, as I just dropped the link in the chat on YouTube and Twitch, the question is, what size venue do we need? Yeah. And we've we're looking at a couple of venues. There's some that's like, okay, could we could we fill up three hundred? Yeah. 
I think we can. I think we can, but I'm also a little uncertain. And I, like I said last night, chat, I have this fear of we go book, go book this 300 seat venue mm-hmm. and 27 people show up. And it's not, that wouldn't be a bad thing. No. Not sure, this is not like a money making thing, by oh, the way. Oh, not it. We, we, is, we're going to lose money. And, but we, w- sure. we want to spend money to be with you guys. Yes. We're paying to be with you guys. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but you know, and we would we would sell tickets to this event, but mm-hmm. the tickets would be very reasonable. We'd probably give out some too for yeah. like, like prizes for people. It would listen. just be more for it's more for commitment and yeah. to help pay um, a little bit, you know, for obviously the venue. But yeah. thinking that the venue could be anywhere from eighty people venue to a three hundred and fifty person venue, we just want to get a feel on what size venue we should do, you know, because a lot of people say, of course I'd go, of course I'd go, but then you have other obligations and you just can't go on a Friday night. And we've had a lot of people answer the survey and there is a lot of people who say they would do it. Yeah. Now the, the other thing is, okay, it's one thing to click yes on a survey. Another thing is to actually do it and buy the ticket yeah. or whatever. So we're just trying to figure it all out. And what would we do? It would be a live podcast where we would have special guests. Mm-hmm. And we would do a Q&A. We'd just have a good time. I'm sure we'd bring Nick out. It'd be it'd be good times. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure we'd bring Nick out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, if we do it at one venue that we're thinking about, it's not BYOB. There would be alcohol. Oh, yeah. There'd for... be a little bar. Yeah. yeah. Sean's a 600 plus. No. It's You know what's funny, you guys? It's harder. Like, if you're like a 100,000 subscriber podcast, yes, you could do 600 plus. But when you're just like a smaller local podcast, I mean, obviously our numbers have grown it, tremendously over this last year. But it's still like you just got to be reasonable when it's a live event. A lot of people say they want to go. I put on so many live events over my my years. And, um, it's always interesting, you know, just people and their commitment and what ends up happening. So you just want to be, you just want to make sure you're being smart about it. The other thing is we are aiming to do this on Friday, April 14th, which would be a day before the NBA playoffs start. It would be kind of like a pre playoff rally because, you know, it looks like the Kings are headed in a good direction. If they make the playoffs, it'd be really fun. I know. Oh, um, Double A says, will there be any beam cream no. at the event? No, no, I mean, you never know. Um, Morgan, this podcast got off to a really bizarre start tonight yeah. because we thought we had audio issues, and I feel like it messed up our rhythm. I don't feel like we finally got into a rhythm. It's kind of like having a slow first quarter. Sure. Where it took us, almost took us an entire half to get into a better rhythm. So with that said, anyone else or anything else jump out to you tonight uh, in this game, I do have something. Who's yours? Uh, I actually just have challenges as a topic. Ooh. Mike Brown used his challenge when Harrison Barnes picked up his third foul uh, at the 1144 mark of the third quarter. Uh-huh. He lost the challenge. I personally think Mike Brown is too emotional with his challenges. And. I get it was a physical game, but I just think with how the challenge system is set up right now, it's just not worth it to use your challenge early in the third quarter on a play like that. Like, what's the game? What, like, what do you, if you win it, okay? I think. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think you just need to save it for the end. Now, 
in all fairness, Ty Lue also used his challenge in the third quarter at the 6.02 mark on a foul that was called on Westbrook on a Fox drive. It was a successful challenge. I, and it's not just Mike Brown thing. I just think these coaches are not good at using challenges. I mean, think about if they used that, if Ty Lue used that challenge at the end on the, oh wait, could he have, he could have challenged. Yeah, he could have challenged that last, that last call on Sabonis. He could have, yes, absolutely. Like, he could you know have what I mean? It. And what do you think about that? Because I, I think we kind of went through this. We talked about the Paul George play at the end where I thought Fox played some really good defense. As G-Man mentioned on the call, I moved left, move right. That was Fox moving sure. Paul George and contesting the shot. But the Kings were able to take the lead because off a of Kings miss, Sabonis went for a rebound. Covington got him in the back, and it was a foul called. Sabonis goes to the line and makes... Two free throws. Yeah, it was a. Uh, um, I think Sabon. There's times Sabonis is getting the shit beaten out of him, and he's not getting a call. I think that was one of the moments where it was like a physical play by the Clippers, and it didn't necessarily need to be a call. Thank goodness it was. I probably would have cried tonight. I needed this win. Sabonis did a great job selling it. He did. He did. I and mean, that's and Covington definitely hit. It definitely hit him. I don't think it's a non-call at all, but. If Sabonis doesn't give it a little extra, Correct. they're not blowing the whistle. It's a, I was going to say it's a vet move. It's a pro move. I mean, you know, and that's, it's not even about like flopping and looking ridiculous. It's just about selling the physical contact that comes with, and we've seen it at times with other teams and it's frustrating, but like at the end of the day, when you see it's, most likely going to be a foul. And you're like, well, that's deemed a foul in the NBA and they just sold it. That's why they sold it. They sold it. So it was going to be for sure a blown whistle. Yeah. I, I feel like we are doing our 62nd night chat of the season. It's game 62. Wow. We've talked about the officials probably in 56 night chats. And I just think the officiating tonight was not good. You know, I thought I Fox know. was getting destroyed tonight. And I, I don't blame him for getting the technical. And I'm not just saying it was against the Kings. I mean, the Kings shot a lot of free throws, yeah. too. They were 26 of 26. The Clippers were 19 of 27. They missed some, obviously. I just felt like some of the some of the stuff that they let go versus yeah. what they called, it's just mind-boggling. It is. At t I mean, what... There was, oh, I forget. Yeah, I'm not even going to mention it because I already forget what it was. But I remember when I was so frustrated at one point. It was probably a deer and fox foul that they called on him on Russ or something when both are being physical with one another. And I know we talk about fairness and needing to go both ways. But the other thing I will say too, Deuce, the other night, you and I, when we called, the Stockton Kings against the Cleveland Charge. After the game, you and I both said, wow, that was a really good, uh, like, officiated game. Yes. Like, we, it was, they allowed the flow to go. They they made the right calls. I mean, we gave credit to where credit was due. And in the G League, like, there's a lot of games you're not saying that after a game, right? These are, these are guys that are still developing, getting their group down. And in the NBA, it just is far too much of a topic this season, night in and night out. And I don't even think it's like a narrative that's pushed out there this year. It truly is exactly what we're seeing. So it's frustrating. I agree with you. It's just not consistent. And it's, yeah. 
it's tough to follow sometimes. For yeah. Sure. And it's both sides. I'm not just saying, oh, man, the officials are out for the Kings. It's just we just watch a lot of Kings. I think Fox was being aggressive and he was getting banged around a lot. They missed some calls. They, they absolutely missed some calls. Sean says Paul George was complaining on that last shot that he got fouled. Yeah, I remember he was saying, like, I don't. I, I watched it back. Me. I didn't think he got hit. And if he did, maybe he got grazed. I mean, are they going to call that in this situation? Should they call it in this situation? I don't think it impacted the shot. That's, yeah. But, you know, Barnes got called for a, a touch foul on a George jumper, I believe, in the first quarter. Hey. Really? That was a foul? Yeah. Yeah. There's, again... There's just too many of these times where it's like inconsistent nights and it can, it, it can take away from the game because then you are talking about that after the game. This Kings team, a game out first, excuse me, a game out of the second spot there we go. in the Western Conference. And Memphis lost tonight. Yeah, Memphis lost to Denver tonight. Mm. So, I don't know. I didn't really have uh, the Kings maybe getting the number two spot on... My radar at this point. On your bingo card. No, and the Suns look pretty good tonight. They had yeah. a really nice outing. We should take a look at the NBA standings. I don't even know what the updating sta- standings look like after tonight's game between the Kings and the Clippers. So right now, you got the Nuggets number one spot with a comfy six-game lead on the Grizzlies. The Kings one game behind the Memphis Grizzlies. The Suns are three games behind the Kings. Those two teams do play. Coming up here. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah. The Warriors win again. Golden State's won five in a row, and Steph Curry is scheduled to come back potentially Sunday against the Lakers. This is why I don't count out the Warriors. I don't care how different their team, their roster is. They just, they've had a championship culture around. And I'm not even saying like they're going to come out of the West. I'm just saying they make things scary, especially they, in the first round of playoffs. They beat those big bad Pelicans, Morgan. I don't know how they do that. You know, Pelicans have only, you know, lost. What, do you remember what, what did the Kings do I against know, the Pelicans? I know, I'm just uh. joking. Uh, yes, the Warriors are 34 and 30. They are four games behind Sacramento. Dallas, with their win over the Sixers yesterday, mm-hmm. they are in the sixth spot right now, and they are five games behind the Sacramento Kings. In the play-in right now, in the seventh spot, Minnesota, the Kings' next opponent, Minnesota. Maybe they can get lucky and get in there, right? Like Dallas has to take on the Suns coming up. Minnesota's trying to make a little bit of a push here. They are a half game behind Dallas for the sixth spot. The Clippers dropped to eighth with the loss tonight. They're in eighth in the Western Conference. Utah got hammered by OKC tonight. So they are now in the ninth spot, two games below 500. The Pelicans lost in Golden State. They're two games below 500. The Lakers are... Outside the play in a game behind the Pelicans at this point. And OKC, I know they won tonight, but SGA is still kind of out. I mean, not kind of out. He is out. Um, (laughs) They're banged up. They might be going to tank boat. But how about Portland? That one. They lost to the Hawks tonight. Got their asses kicked. They're done. Yeah. They lost 7 of 10, man. They've lost three in a row. They're a team that, obviously, in the beginning of the season, I was like, watch out for Portland. Uh, you don't want to count out Dame. That's, that's so quick. I felt like there was someone on the podcast that was like, oh, the Kings are for sure better than Portland. I can't. Who, who was that? Oh. It was me. I said it. 
obviously After a that's why none game. of none of us are talking know, even though i'm the only one with the mic besides you i i honestly don't think i could have been more right about the west this year if you go back to our season preview i said the difference between three and ten is not going to be a lot whoa whoa basketball month. i was you, talking about the parody you want to know where huh? where i was v- I was very, I mean, I don't even want to say very. Where I was wrong with my assessment on the West, mine was, hey, just because they're starting this way after trade deadline, you better watch out. What yeah, what yeah. moves is, are the Western Conference teams going to make? A lot of moves made, but it still didn't alter, like, for example, a Lakers squad, right? Yeah. Like, we thought those tweaks were really good. It's, was, it's not going to be the thing that moves the needle, obviously, for this year. So, uh, Mac in the chest is Deuce. You had no idea the Kings would be this good. Be honest. Oh, I didn't. I didn't say that. No, I, 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 he did I, not say that. I did say I think the Kings could win forty-five games. Oh, you won most. I thought you even said more. <laughs> I thought you even said more. At one point, I was like, "You crazy." In all fairness, remember after the eighteen nineteen season, what I said when the Kings won thirty-nine games after the eighteen nineteen season when they won thirty-nine games, I was so. Like over the top, I went. They could win fifty. <laughs> that was so stupid. Why did I do that? Because you were just that was that exci- was dumb, and that's why that since, was too much of excitement. Since then, I've been like, oh, Deuce gets in excited mode. But I, I think, I don't know. I wouldn't have expected this King Squad to have a possible Clutch Player of the Year award nominee, whatever yeah. you want to put it, Coach of the Year award nominee um a guy that became a three-time nba all-star in domas Sabonis, a rookie that is just shining shining in his rookie year yeah yeah i i if you had asked me before the season no i would not have expected all those things to um just happen no still a ways to go of course absolutely for the Kings, and, and i mean yeah but look we we reference the games back and the that other teams are behind the Kings right now. Yeah, I said that super smoothly, but it's also the loss column, right? Like twenty five losses for the Kings, twenty nine for Phoenix, thirty for the Warriors, thirty one for Dallas, thirty two for Minnesota, thirty three for the Clippers and Jazz and Pelicans, thirty four for the Lakers. I mean, I. I we're not to the point where the Kings have clinched a spot yet, but we're getting more and more comfortable with the idea of they're going to be in the top mm-hmm. six. And crazy. They crazy. may not be third, but no. honestly, they're going to have a legit chance to stay at third, which I don't think I uh, would have predicted even after the break. I'm like, yeah, you know, these other teams are coming. Phoenix is probably going to come snag it, and they could still come snag it. I, You guys, I was playing. I was nowhere near the actual potential of them being a playoff team this year. It just, it just seemed like too wild of a jump to me um, because it's not like they, if you go name value, didn't add a whole bunch of star players, but it wasn't, but again, how many times have I been right about this? I talk about the importance of team basketball and what you can execute out of team basketball. And that's what the Kings are doing and elevating their individual games at the same time. 
Uh, Matt in the chat says, did we talk about the double teams of Clippers throughout Fox tonight? Yes. We did mention it earlier. But yeah, I mean, I think that was significant. When they threw the first blitz at him, as Morgan mentioned with Westbrook and Plumley, Fox read it perfectly, got rid of the ball, boom, easy bucket. But late in the game, I thought the Kings just went into, oh, we're going to milk the clock here. And the Clippers were like, no, we're still playing. We're throwing double teams at, and there's too much standing around. It's great. It's on tape now. Mike Brown is not going to play around. It's something that he was going to address, and they're going to have to clean it up because teams are going to do that. They're going to try different ways. Look, especially come playoff time, you're going to see some different things out there. I think the Kings had to try some different things tonight. It felt a little bit like a playoff game in this sense yeah. where the Clippers went small because Zubats was out. They took Plumlee out, and they went really small. The Kings left Sabonis in there. Well, there's some challenges with that, right? But, you know, Mike Brown would tinker, and he would go bigger at times with Barnes, Lyles, and Sabonis. We saw some matchup zone, as you mentioned, from Sacramento tonight. So, yeah. it, they're, they're, with, with I know it's not the playoffs yet, but these are the things that we're going to start seeing more and more, especially when the Kings are taking on some of these Western Conference teams. I think one of the other things that they did well on one defensive possession, they threw... Russ at Domas for a double knowing that he was going to turn only left and so as soon as he turned left Russ read it perfectly just stripped the ball yeah stole it right away and I'm like how many times are we gonna look at teams and go why aren't they just shoving them all right like why aren't they pushing Domas right because he's a good enough player to still control his game and allow and, and not allow defenses to force where they want to force him, right? But when you throw that double at him unexpectedly, I mean, that's when you can really disrupt his game in the whole Kings offense. So next up for the Sacramento Kings, a quick turnaround. It's a back-to-back. -back. Yeah. Kings play Minnesota. Minnesota, by the way, was in action tonight against the Lakers in Los Angeles. They won 110-102. to 102. Anthony Davis did play in the game for L.A. He had 38 points, five rebounds on 12 of 22 in 32 minutes, but it was Minnesota winning. Guess who was the leading scorer for Minnesota tonight? Any guesses? Uh, I already know. Who? Rudy Gobert, 22. How do you know? Because I had to do a post-game show and right. Toyota drive ahead. 22 and 14 for Gobert. Edwards has struggled coming out of the gate. Uh, after the All-Star break, headed into tonight's game, he was shooting 36% from the field after the break. Tonight, he had 19 points on 7 of 16, but he did knock down 5 of 8 from 3. Mm. He also has played well against the Kings this year. I think he had 33 in the first matchup, 34 in the second. He's super dangerous. Um, this team, obviously, the Kings just saw recently, they split the games in Minnesota. It's not going to be an easy game. Like, this is another team that's fighting to try to get into the top six. And it feels like they're hanging in there, especially without Cat. Yeah. Cat could come back and throw everything off. But Mike Conley is now running the point guard there after the trade deadline. I don't know. It's it's going to be a tough matchup. Yeah. I, I'm... I'm glad that both teams are playing a second night of a back-to-back, -back, and that's not just a fresh Minnesota squad. But it's like we said earlier today on The Daily Show. It was just like, hey, with Gobert in the middle, don't let it alter your offense completely. Go at his chest. Go at him. If he commits, go by him. If he doesn't, hey, 
high arcing floaters. Dude. Like, you know, I mean, you know, De'Aaron, get to your spots, have a high arcing shot. You know what to do. Don't try to pump fake Gobert. No, he's not going to go. Attack the guy. Get him in space. Yes. Pull him out from the basket. Run your stuff. But it's true. Yeah, go at the guy's chest. Mm-hmm. Sabonis did it one time mm. in that one of those matchups where it's like, yeah, lower that shoulder. Be strong. Don't be scared of this guy. He's not, he's not, block that he's shit. not blocking shots no. like he used to. And I know he can still do it. I'm not denying that he's a rim deterrent. Like he he does a good job yeah. at being a threat because of his length. And There's no denying shots it. And contesting shots, yeah. But pull him out. The one thing that I remember the Kings doing in that game, remember that's when they kind of employed the small ball lineup with Lyles at the five to pull him out. And yep. Lyles had a couple of nice plays in that game. Yeah. And that's, I mean, and maybe that's, you know, the game plan. I, you see teams do that when you just don't have the right matchup. And I think if you're the Kings, you got to try these, these type of things. They didn't try that on Russ tonight with what they saw with uh, Golden State sagging off of him. They didn't even need to be that dramatic with it. But you got to make sure that you're trying things that you are seeing working against these matchups. Man, I love when Lee just drops random things in the chat. Like what? If the Kings just go 8-12 and 12 to finish with 45 wins, the seventh seed would have to go 12-5 and five to tie them wow. for a chance to boot them from the top six. Okay. What's cr- crazy, the Kings would have to... The Kings only need eight more wins to reach 45. Wow. It just it just feels so right. I was uh, I ran into um, the NBC Sports California producer for the um, broadcast with like Katie, Kyle, and Mark. His name's Ro. Yeah, and he's been. And I was like, "How long have you been doing this for with the Kings?" Because we were just like just talking back and forth about how great this feels right now. And he's like nine years. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't realize it had been that long for him. And I just say this because I think about those people that are part of these broadcasts, same with you, same. I mean, I haven't been part of broadcast, but I've been covering the team. You are watching and working every single game so intently throughout the entire game. And think about all the shitty games these people have worked on for so long. And I just think about a season like this for so many people in that eight games away from 45 wins. That's, I mean, it, I don't care if it's under 50 wins. I don't care if it's a small thing to a lot of other organizations. This is so cool. This is happening here. Finally. I agree. Sato in the chat says no defensive player of the game today. Oh, no. Mike Brown did not give out a defensive player of the game chain tonight. He wasn't having it. He was. Yeah. I, he, he didn't seem too happy about the win tonight. Like he, I don't think he liked how that game ended. I don't think he was pleased with some of the defensive mistakes his team had. And I think he was pretty real about it. Yeah. And, yeah. No. And, and I, I get it. It was funny because like I said, right after the game with you, you went straight to like what you were disappointed in or what you didn't like down the stretch. And I'm like, what the shit? Am I the only one that's like, static about just a win about the way it was just a fun finish either way with domas having to finish it at the free throw line like it's nerve-wracking but it's fun it's interesting morgan because you know people in the chest someone mentioned earlier i kind of look like a a coach with what i'm wearing tonight and you know i just have that kind of mindset that coach's mindset sometimes i'm just like 
first thing is like, yeah, I mean, I know we won, but what happened late in the game? You know? Yeah. Now do your, do your stupid tornado alarm. Let's do all, let's, let's, uh, hit all your best. I don't know if I can do it. I do. I was a one hit wonder. You were a one hit wonder. I can't. What happened? I, how, how did I nail that? I don't know. The first time. You just, you bought it. Do in. I have the yips when it comes to this? You're just very inconsistent. Very inconsistent. And you should consider retiring that forever now. <laughs> Lost it, dude. <laughs> yes. I'll just enjoy that moment when it happened. Uh, any other thoughts on tonight's game? Can we just, you, no, real fast. Sloppy podcast tonight. Yeah, but, you know, I'll say sloppy podcast mostly because... Um, the audio issues threw us off. It, do, it and, definitely did. But you know what I'll say? It usually doesn't... It wouldn't throw us off. I think if if everything... When we have, like... We'll make sure... And we'll make sure we'll do this. We're going to make sure our schedules are the best to make this podcast always the best. This is our number one priority. And... Um, if it's ever not, give us feedback and let us know because we want to make sure that we are giving you guys everything we got. Do not empower these people. To what? As if they know what it takes to put on an award-winning podcast. I mean, they commit their hours right, right. with us <laughs> right, right. every single night. I would say, like, yeah, they probably do by now. <laughs> oh, well, uh, hey, it wasn't... The prettiest at times. There's good moments. There's some bad moments. But ultimately, you win. And we get another chance tomorrow, and then there's nothing on Sunday. So grab your wine and beer. Let's go. Beam cream, baby. And we are off on Sunday. We're off on Sunday. Let's get to the super chat before we go. All right. Uh, can we get any predictions for when they will clinch a playoff spot? I'm selfishly hoping for April 5th at Dallas. Uh, because I'll be there in person. By the way, ESPN is currently uh, has Sacramento at a 98.2% playoff odds. Um, I, I, it's tough to say a prediction for that. I'm not, re- I, I'm not really good at coming up with when that would be. I mean, yeah, I, I, I feel I, like it, it's, 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 it's close. Thanks for the super chat too, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I appreciate the support. I mean... It's a tough schedule coming up here, so maybe it would be that late. I just, if it's April 5th, that means stuff, stuff, it's getting tight. Stuff is getting really tight for the Kings if they are clinching April 5th. Yeah. So I, I would hope, and I, I mean, it'd be cool for you to witness that in person, but I'm sorry, man. Before. We're going to hope it's like March 18th against Washington. And I hope something. that game's just fun <laughs> for you, you know? I, I, I would say Jason Ross was talking about this with me the other day. I do think maybe late March, you know? That's fair. This schedule, man. Minnesota, New Orleans, New York, Dude. Phoenix, Milwaukee, at Chicago, at Brooklyn, at Washington, at Utah. Well, those Buckle are up. Weird. Buckle up. Well, and then you got some weird stuff at the end where you get Portland twice. Mm-hmm. Are they in tank mode at that point? Like, what's New Orleans doing? Like, I, there's some fragile points here now with, like, New Orleans where if Zion's not coming back, at what point do they just go... Okay, let's start resting guys a little bit. That you have to factor in that stuff, you know. I know, but I'm not. I'm not there yet. I need to get closer to those games. Give me fifty wins. <laughs> Give me fifty wins, Kings. Come on. Thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. We'll be back live again 
tomorrow night following Kings and T-Wolves. We love you guys so, so, so much, but we got to go. You all have a wonderful rest of your evening. See ya! Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo. The podcast that you know. Deuce and mo. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.